Hello again, my friends. It's your boy Dub back with you for another dub episode. Music, life, whatever. This is a two-parter story. It's a story about the importance of music, but it's also the story of two Vietnam vets. Here's the story. One day when I was 13, I was sitting at the kitchen table I grew up at, my mom's house. See, I had ridden my bicycle down there from Kaltznak to hang out for the weekend, because at that time, I didn't live there anymore. But I would go back there to hang, be around the beach area, and just generally, I don't know, do whatever, sit in the kitchen and listen to music, which is what I was doing. There was a little boombox radio that would just play 24-7 at my house. One of the songs was by Procol Harm. It was called A Whiter Shade of Pale. As the organ part was playing, I heard a crack, 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 crack at the uh, screen door. You know, the screen door that we had the kind that didn't latch, so it was just like, cat, tick, 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 tick. And I see JW, one of my mom's junkie friends. He's one of the town guys, Vietnam vet. He's around. Everybody kind of knows him and loves him, puts up with him, whatever. He's kind of like a lovable rogue type of dude. So I walk over the door and I open it up. I say, hey, man, JW, my mom's not here right now. I'm just chilling. He hears the music playing over my shoulder and kind of freezes. Then he looks at me and challenges me in a way that he would all often do. Man, young blood, what the fuck you know about that kind of music there? That's some heavy music, he would say. This is the music we was listening to when I was in Nam, etc., etc. So he kind of just welcomed himself in and we went back into the kitchen and finished listening to the song. When the song finished, the tape ended. He got up and said, you know, I'm going to go back home and grab my shoebox of flicks. He was a, I guess, avid photographer while he was in Vietnam. So I was like, as a young guy, I was kind of into like military history a bit. I still kind of am. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. I never really knew much about his service. I'd see him walking around town in his field jacket and shit. But he was just kind of like, like I said, one of my mom's junkie friends. Kind of shot out, man. He would get high at the house and stuff. So... He ran home, through the alley, came back, had the box, and then opened it up. And I just got a whole new picture of this guy, man. So he showed me the pictures were mostly all in black and white of a much younger JW. And it turns out that he was in the Navy, just like you see in the movie Apocalypse Now. And his job was to go up the river in these little patrol boats and just wait for radio calls of where there could be trouble or incident at which point they'd have to go on shore and literally go looking for trouble. Like, not a job you'd really pretty, probably want to be having in a, in a war situation, right? In there, there were some other gory pictures that Joe had taken of, like, you know, the result of their shore, shore expeditions. And, you know, they were guys that had to go find these tunnels that were very deep. And somebody inevitably had to crawl down in the tunnel. And uh, anyway, back to the song. The thing that brought him in was he wanted me to know how heavy this song was. So as we stood at the kitchen and the Procol Harum song played, he looked at me and repeated every line that the singer sang. So he'd say, so the singer would sing the line, there is no reason. And he'd go, ha, you don't even know how heavy that is, man. There is no reason, but the truth is plain to see. Going through the heaviest lines of the song, he had a little tear in his eye and it was... It was kind of a heavy moment. So that was the first incident. He wound up closing the box up as the bottom had a little bit more of what he called 
Oh, those are the bloody flicks. So with that, he kind of closed up the box and disappeared and was gone. The second time was a few years later. I'm working at the beach collecting. I'm the guy that you got to pay to get the beach badge when you come to the beach. It's not a fun job, but you can just sit there and space out with a boombox and listen to music, which is what I was doing. I guess about midday, late morning, this dude comes up, white dude. I know him from around town. I don't think he's a Seabrighter, but he spends a lot of time in Seabright drinking in the bars, getting loaded. Same type of cat, right? The boombox is playing Jimi Hendrix, and I see this dude approach. He walks right up to the booth, then stops and gazes off into the ocean. And I'm thinking, oh, this is this dude's tactic for trying to dodge paying the beach fee. Because everyone had their own little ploy and way of trying to do that, which is understandable. Beach fees suck. But he listened to the song that was playing for a minute, and then he turned to me and said, What do you know about Jimmy, man? This is real heavy music you're listening to, man. I said, oh, Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, man, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, fucking Jimmy, dude. He said, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy meant a lot to a lot of us in the bush, man. Like, with a dead serious look at me where he really wanted me to understand because the song that was playing was Machine Gun when he walked up. He goes, he spent a lot of nights with us out there. And basically with that, he walked right onto the beach. I wasn't going to make this guy pay anyway, man. Vietnam vet. Shout out all my vets, servicemen and women and their families. This was two incidences where I was actually stopped and accosted by Vietnam vets, man. And they wanted to tell me about the music I was listening to. I hope you found these stories enjoyable. I'll see you on the next one. It's your boy W. I love y'all, man.